Previously on Dream Realm. Wouldn't you suspect, or at least turn your head and wonder, that he might have played a hand in the death of Rachel Disconella? Has the jury reached a decision? We have, Your Honor. On the charge of murder in the first degree, we, the jury, find the defendant guilty. You have three murders, each apparently done by a different person. See, I disagree. I think the same person did all three murders. So besides age, what connects these murders? Uh, well, I'm still looking for the connection and the source of how they'd be murdered. The more you talk about this, the more convinced I am that maybe a single man is behind it. So tomorrow, will you do some investigating with me? You're listening to episode four of the audiobook slash podcast project, Dream Realm. Voiced, written, and produced by me, Matt Rebar. Part one, chapter 13. For two people who were unsure what a relationship truly was, Jordan Furman and Hiram Yesick's relationship was extremely fruitful and filled with happiness. Jordan's edge lost a bit of its super sharp prickliness while Hiram began becoming more vocal and forward about his feelings and opinions. Together, they'd take trips planned out by Hiram as a chance for them to see nature. They'd view the southern Oregon coast and travel up to the pine trees of the Pacific, inland California's rapid geography blends, and to the small towns, big cities far between. For a weekend, they flew up to Seattle exploring the streets of the giant urban complex at day, enjoying the nightlife at night, and enjoying one another in the evening. Three months passed, and it felt like nothing in the span of time. It was so quick, even with the large amounts of time they were spending together. A season had passed along with them, one-fourth of a year passing in the blink of an eye. Everything was going well. The sex was fantastic. The communication beyond belief. Their vibe at an entire level. Their friends liked one another. Their family was rather excited. Hell, they were both excited. Excitement drove its way into one of their late-night dates, this time taking place in Jordan's bed. It was late on Monday, pushing into Tuesday, and the two were sharing another conversation. I just don't know how to handle this case. Do you want to talk about it? No, I kind of want to pretend that the case doesn't exist. Is that going to get it off your mind? No. <laughs> I figured you, you're a little too stuck in the mire sometimes. I can't help but think about the things I believe I can change. Tis the fault of man, my dear Jordan. Hiram used a British accent which caused Jordan to both roll her eyes and laugh. I'm not going to talk to you about my cases anymore then. Don't, I'd rather hear about your own life and experiences. My cases are my life. You're so much more than your cases. Okay, so what am I? You're kind and passionate, even if someone you come across is unkind and passionate. Hiram started, which kind of got another laugh from Jordan. You like to sing random shit in the shower, which I enjoy, even though you're clearly not the best vocalist. The taste buds on your tongue are quite excellent, as are the kissing skills from your lips. How come all of these compliments have to do with my lips, tongue, and throat? Shh, I'm getting to the good stuff. Okay, fine, I'll let this go for now. You're a really damn good lawyer who cares so much about the people of this city. You fight on behalf of all and anyone who has experienced injustice. I just, I love the ways your eyes light up when you're given a new idea for a case or when you see something new. 
I love the smirks you have when you're upset with something, but you just want to be happy. The conditioner you use for your hair smells like berries, and I love that. So how is my conditioner important to my identity? Because it's a part of who you are. It's a part of what I love about you. Love? She questioned, pausing slightly and turning a bit so she could look into his eyes. His face was caught in surprise like a burglar revealed within a dark room turned light. Her repetition of the word love was like a water balloon tossed against his face. Even Jordan could feel the blowback of the question. No, not a question. A mere statement with one of those small question marks, the kind where either answer would be accepted at its mere statement and could be analyzed at another time or place. Yeah, I guess I love you. I guess I love you too. There was a pause as both of them continued staring at one another, perhaps waiting on the other's move. Was that weird? Hiram asked, cringing slightly upon his face. No, I guess we just both don't know how to say the truth of the situation. We both love each other, but the first time saying that's just going to be awkward. I don't feel awkward in my feelings for you. You just didn't know how to say it. Yeah, I mean, which is weird. I usually know how to say things. Trust me, I do too. But we both feel it, right? We do. They were silent for a little while, the television in front of the bed playing repeat episodes of an animated sitcom. Both were asleep soon enough, prepared for the workday tomorrow. And while the three months had been amazing and the love was fostered, they'd wake up in a similar bed five years down the line, wondering if they had spent all their love too early on one another. Chapter 14 It was almost nine o'clock when Jordan arrived home. The first thing she did after stepping into her duplex following her case was to change out of the businesswoman-like clothes she had been forced to wear. She put on a sports bra and shorts, her bare feet getting to breathe after being cramped all day within heels. Remembering that she had barely eaten, she went and heated up one of the many frozen meals within her freezer. Jordan's freezer was filled more than the fridge. After all, her hectic schedule made it hard for her to keep real food for long periods of time. While the microwave was heating up dinner, she remembered reading an article about how late-night eating was terrible for your body. She sighed, but then didn't care. She ended up eating her food over in the living room as she turned on her laptop to stream a show. And then after eating, she made herself a drink and found herself rather exhausted by 10.30 and so decided to go to bed. She showered and put back on the same night clothes before laying down on her spacious queen-sized mattress. Jordan wondered for a minute if she wanted to put on her dream mask, but... She had not used it this entire week of the trial. She decided to go into the dream realm, even though she was rather tired. She wanted good sleep and found she got better sleep without the dream mask on. She applied the mask, though, and soon was waking up to a new world. It was nighttime within West Coast, and she was standing on the street outside yesterday's her favorite bar within West Coast. Unlike early Monday morning, where she had just finished meeting up with friends and banging the random boy named Evan, this was a different West Coast. She was in the 1980s version of West Coast. Here, the buildings were lit with neon. The streets were a little more loud, and people's fashion statements were a little more dated. She entered yesterday's. Gone was the 2010s memorabilia. Instead, the bar had gone back 30 years from that date. Movie posters, vinyl covers, glitter and glitz, grease, and post-disco covered the walls while the music soundtrack was pumping out only the best music from the synth-pop and pop-rock time period. The bar was a little crowded. The 1980s to 2010s being popular periods within the Dream Realm's main realms. The main realms being West Coast, Urbana, Notoria Mountain Range, 
Towns Hill, South Coast, the Archipelago, and Blue Oasis. Each realm was split within different time decades, all the way from the 1970s to the 2060s. One could visit West Coast in the 1980s and then immediately wake up to Urbana in the 2040s. The time shift was more for aesthetic purposes, if anything. Besides the time shift, there were also different modes within the main realms. For instance, there was the main mode, reality, and then there was fantasy and extreme fantasy. Within the mode of reality, you didn't find anything fictitious. For example, Jordan could think of a bicycle, and one could appear within the West Coast 1980s reality realm, because bicycles were real. But Jordan couldn't think of becoming an alien. That would go in the fantasy realm. The extreme fantasy realm was really the application of things hyper-fantasized, such as a New Age Urbana. Besides the mode of reality, there was a mode feature of happiness and glum called sugar and salt. Besides the regular feature, one could enter the sugar realm, where things were rather happy and gleeful for the most part, or go into salt, where things were negative and pessimistic. These features attracted a small crowd, yet still a crowd. There were also video game modes to the main realms. These were time-locked to 2060, and they were usually a mix of reality fantasy which depended on the game being played in particular. There were no sugar and salt options in the video game modes. Instead, these video games included Survivor, Solo, Survival, Group, One Villain, Serial Killer, and Two Sides. These games were played similar to a hand combat war video game. In Survival Solo, everyone was on their own. The last person standing was the winner. Survival Group was similar, except you worked as teams and got points according to how well you placed as a team. One villain turned one person in the realm as a supervillain or offered one large villain, such as Godzilla or a giant spider, for everyone to defeat. In the mode of serial killer, one of the people within the realm became the serial killer who kills off everyone around them to win. The other people have to find the serial killer. There were plenty of small rules when playing that game. In the last game, two sides cut the participants into two teams that then went to war. These five main games were found in each of the seven main realms. However, one could go outside of the seven main realms. The main realms, their modes, and their video game modes are ran and modified by Dream Realm's headquarters, but the Dream Realm allowed people to create what they wanted. You can create your own settings, for example. You can enter the Dream Realm and decide you want to be in the moon. You can start your own dream by yourself or invite your dreams to create the dream or attend the already created location of the moon. You're still rather restricted with what you can do. For example, being in the rather empty moon setting, or even your own setting, you'd be able to dream up a wild roller coaster. In the main setting, such as the West Coast, you would not be able to have that feature, although you could, for instance, dream up a bicycle. Jordan Furman was currently in the 1980s normal reality mode of West Coast, and she loaded up the messaging system which appeared in front of her. The projection allowed her to see all her friends and whether they were active. She could message people, and those who allowed their location to be shared were instantly tagged in which realms and rooms they were in. For instance, Jordan's casual friend from high school named Denise was in Urbana's 2050 Sugar Mode realm, specifically as a strip bar for women named Hung Snakes. If she wanted to, Jordan could message Denise or immediately transport herself to Hung Snakes within Urbana's 2050s Sugar Mode. But instead, she confirmed that the person she wanted to see was nearby. In fact, she had met him a while back in the 2010s West Coast mode at yesterday's. He had been experimenting with other time frames, even though he was clearly rather partial to the 1980s timeline. She walked over to the bar, passing through the dance floor to get there. Indeed, he was sitting at the bar with a whiskey neat. 
The seat next to him was cleared out conveniently. How are you, Isaac? Jordan asked, sitting down in the now abandoned chair beside him. <laughs> we don't speak for a while, and that's your entry point, he chuckled. I expected a more dramatic entry, something like, Oh, Isaac Cora, what are you doing in my favorite bar? And I'd probably say something like, Just doing what I always do. And I'd probably surprise you with, I don't get why I allow myself to go to bed with you. Jordan whispered, looking up at the yesterday's bartender, Joshua, who was smiling coolly in front of her. I'll take the usual. Part 2. This is Real. Chapter 1. Have I been forgiven? Isaac Cora questioned, turning up his glass to measure internally the amount of whiskey within. Or are we here for another blowout? I'm not in the mood for a blowout, Jordan responded coolly, while she watched bartender Joshua make her sweet amaretto cocktail. So don't worry, you're safe from me today. Good. I promise you I'm never looking for a fight. I suppose I say things I don't mean and then... Don't apologize. It was my fault. The fight they were referring to had happened three weeks ago, and this was the first time they had spoken since. It had been a rather deep debate, and Jordan was doing her best to ignore the questions raised during it. She had walked away without properly answering Isaac's questions of the night. Perhaps her dismissal and her distance proved where she stood on the issues Isaac wanted to solve. So, we're not going to talk about it? No, at least not tonight. I, I had a long week with the trial. The trial? I, I forgot. How did that go? I managed to win and convict the man who murdered his wife, although it was tough. I was up against one of the best lawyers in the city of Cardonia. He even tipped his hat towards me at the end. Fuck, I wish I could have seen it play out. I bet you were marvelous. As marvelous as one could be, I suppose. You never know how to take my compliments. <laughs> I take them. I just don't let you know that I do. Isaac laughed. His beaming laugh and smile was less frequent than Jordan wished. Isaac was a man who hid behind furrowed brow and neutral grimaces. He was not a sad man. His face was in a perpetual state of half-bitchiness. He claimed it was because he was usually thinking about tough situations, and so his face reflected the severity of his thoughts and not the core of his personality. Jordan couldn't help but roll her eyes at that comment. How's Portland? How are the last three weeks? A bit boring, honestly. Isaac shrugged as he took another hefty sip of his whiskey. Work is work, and my social life doesn't really exist outside of the dream realm. Met up with some friends, we ended up going skiing in the Toria Mountain Range for an evening. It was actually fun, but otherwise, same old, same old. I tried finding you, but you had hid your location. I imagined you were here on the West Coast, because, you know, this is your favorite. I've been out and about, Jordan admitted. Although I didn't come here with the case this week, I... You know, since it's the weekend, I thought, well, why not get some sleep and some fun at the same time? Isaac turned to her a bit more with a sly wink. <laughs> fun? What kind of fun are you thinking? I don't know. I suppose it'll happen when it happens. Well, we're going to have fun here at yesterday's or maybe somewhere else. You tell me, Isaac. After all... I kind of owe you, don't I? The world changed around them, morphing like clay into a new scene. They were now driving in a terrain jeep vehicle down a thin highway built over a series of sandbars. Beaches formed out from the highway, mimicking the Florida Keys in the main realm location known as South Coast. 
While West Coast was demure, warm, and a cluster of towns and beaches, South Coast was a hot, beautiful Caribbean fantasy, with towns and beaches spread all over a long highway. The waters were tranquil sheets of aquamarine and jade, the beachfront filled with pure sand and the occasional pebble. Groups of friends practically ran certain beaches each night, arriving to drink fruity daiquiris, play beach games, swim, and provide shenanigans. And while it was early in the night, it was early in the day. South Coast would begin to dim and darken at 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. perspectively with the time of normal life, those waking up at the start of what truly was a new day. Isaac was the one driving the Jeep, his outfit having changed to tropical pattern button-up t-shirt, which was missing a few buttons. His white shorts and white sandals now accompanied his South Coast style. He wore thin sunglasses which barely seemed to keep the sun out of his eyes, the wind rolling through his semi-curly crop of hair. Is this fun? He asked gleefully as they hit triple speed on the highway. He drove around other cars which were going slower, barely avoiding a few crashes. <laughs> it's exhilarating. Jordan looked down at her own outfit, which was a black bikini top and a black beach miniskirt. She wore jade jewelry clenched within the vice grip of her propped up breasts, her short hair whisked behind her and held tight. Drive faster, baby. And so he did. 100 became 120, which became 130. The Jeep engine roared to life as it beat the highway path with sensual vigor. She held onto his thigh before making her way to his groin. He continued to be a wild man, zigzagging within a few cars, passing beach after beach. Jordan thought of her amaretto cocktail, which appeared in the cup holder besides her. Is this what you want to do? I'm usually very happy with you. But not as happy as you could be. I didn't say that. I was just wondering what you did for three weeks. I, I know we're not anything really, just two people who seem to be unable to make things work in real life, but it, it would hurt if you went on dates with other people or fucked other people. I... She paused, and he noticed her apprehension. Who was he? He was a nobody. That's how you explain me to Hiram. Once back, right? He told him I was a nobody. But you were a nobody. Just some guy who I had ran into a, at, a, at a goddamn bar a few times and who I flirted with. I didn't think you'd become someone in my life. I didn't think I'd care about you. And then I did care about you. And then you just told me we're nothing really more than two friends who fuck, so why the hell do you care? Did he fuck good? No, he did not. Damn it, Jordan. Can't believe you'd sleep with another man. It wasn't in person. It was on here. You can't act like that didn't mean anything. Does any of this mean anything? Jordan turned her hand around the South Coast views. It's so superficial. All these people with their beach bodies, they probably have a few extra pounds in person. They probably have battle wounds, scars, trauma, pain. But here, it's just sunshine, seawater, and happiness. Is that a reality to you? Is this real to you? Isaac was pushing 130 on the car's speedometer, although thankfully there were no nearby cars. Up ahead was a small city area filled with a few skyscrapers of hotels and apartments along with more beaches, bars, restaurants, resorts. The buildings looked like fingers crawling out of the ocean, a drowning victim in need of rescue. So this is why you don't want to meet me. Isaac chirped, piecing together the fight three weeks ago to now. You don't think I present myself truthfully. No, I think you look similar, and trust me, I know you look similar. I stalked you on social media, Jordan whispered. There's just reality to the situation. What kind of reality? I don't want to talk about it. 
You must be one good lawyer considering you never want to talk about it. I don't like talking about feelings. <laughs> You're one of the few girls I know who will ignore feelings. Don't make this a gendered thing, you piece of swine. It's a personality trait. You study law, crime, you charge criminals, you, even good people who committed mistakes, and sometimes you don't have the energy to sit there and see what's wrong with yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. And if you truly think that, then I found out what's wrong with you. Gosh, you don't have to be so bitter. I'm not bitter. If anything, I'm just jaded. Bitter makes it seem like I entered the world angry at the start. Jaded, it's more tragic. It's like a beautiful diamond becoming laser-beamed and chunked into ruins and dust. Jaded seems more human and more approachable. I'd be more likely to pity a jaded soul than a bitter one. Well, then don't pity me. I wasn't going to. There was silence for a bit, but Isaac couldn't let it go. You realize why I asked you to meet with me, right? I can put two and two together. We've been doing this for whatever this is, by the way. For uh, what? A year? It's the dream realm time. Doesn't matter here. Stop being a dick and just answer me. Yes, a year. Jordan sighed, hating that she was playing witness to Isaac's lawyer. So what's wrong with me wanting to make this real? She didn't respond and he grew angry. Answer me, Jordan. He was continuing to fly down the highway, the city growing closer and traffic getting more condensed. Without a further thought or question, Jordan reached over and grabbed the wheel, shoving it towards her direction. The car slammed into the rail, flipping over into the air. For a second, as they both began to freefall, Isaac looked both shocked at her behavior and pained for what was coming next. This isn't real. Jordan's whisper was rather frightening as they hit the water and her head slammed into the front of the car with a crack. Chapter 2 Jordan's eyes awoke and she turned to the clock beside her table to see that it was only 2 in the morning. She stripped the dream mask off, deciding she was done for the night. Isaac had been a little too pestering for her own taste. And, well, he probably returned to yesterday's with a grumble. She looked at the mask and wondered for a second if she should return, placing it on her bedside table while closing her eyes. To become a member of the Dream Realm, one pays a one-time fee to buy the Dream Mask. The Dream Mask fits over your head and begins to work the second you fall asleep. It will not work if you're merely half asleep or any other variation which is not true sleep. Due to the nature of Dream Realm, one pays a monthly $10 service fee. In order to use Dream Realm, one needs a Dream Mask and the membership. Dream Realm is available in over 60 countries and growing, and has a general base of 1.35 billion, which includes all who have bought the product, but a more active base of 750 million, active meaning using one to three times a week, and a hardcore base of roughly 345 million. Hardcore means every night. Other demographics are rather expected. More men are members of Dream Realm. The rich and middle class are more likely to invest in Dream Realm, and the largest age populations are 20 to 40, as well as 60 to 80 and over. Those under 20 appear rather turned off to the Dream Realm, although the invention does have an age minimum of 18, while those between the ages of 40 and 60 have not appeared to acclimate with the invention either. Nationality-wise, the United States, the UK, Ireland, Canada, France, Spain, Germany, Australia, India, and Japan make up for the majority of the users, especially when analyzed at the percentage of the population. In these countries, there is a hefty population using Dream Realm, where it's become an everyday part of the culture. In other countries such as Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Turkey, China, Russia, Brazil, Mexico, Dream Realm still serves as a minor part of the country. In some of the other countries where Dream Realm is available, only the top class can afford the product and monthly membership. 
When one falls asleep, their self enters a digital database which connects you with everyone else. You're automatically placed in either your favorite location, your last location, or your home location, depending on what setting you desire. As aforementioned, there are seven main settings, but all sorts of rooms are available for public and group settings. You can even have your own dreams by creating your own rooms. Most people use Dream Realm as a social hangout, where individuals meet together to stimulate real-life experiences. Dream Realm is also a great tool in having sex without truly being promiscuous in the real world. Part of being in the Dream Realm comes with the ability to change your looks. In the reality sections of Dream Realm, you are not allowed to change main core pieces to your identity, gender, race, height, etc. Eye color, hair color, weight, and other factors can be toned up within reality. For example, Justin who weighs 400 pounds can appear 230 in the Dream Realm. In the fantasy section of the Dream World, Justin could become a 120 pound black female lesbian if he so desired. Clothes could be changed instantly, similar to location. One was allowed to have an apartment, although people were encouraged to freely roam around Dream Realm rather than squat in one location. One couldn't die in Dream Realm. You really became merely reborn and appear like a normal entry path following your death. You're reborn in your favorite place, your home place, or the last checkpoint of your previous life. Now, while you're able to dream up objects, foods, buildings, and settings, you're also allowed to dream up fictional people. These other people are not allowed to exist of their own will and do not exist in the realm while you are awake and thus not sleeping. For instance, if Jack creates Jill, he would still be in charge of her autonomy, although she would not exist on the dream realm when he is not present. In a way, Jill is a mirror of Jack. Jack can take Jill on a date. Jack can ask Jill to grocery shop for him. In this way, dreaming up people is kind of seen as lightly unnecessary, considering that they're not real people. Or truly their own people. In empty main rooms, example, Salt 1980s West Coast, the Dream Realm headquarters will create fake beings to give the appeal that there are more people in the room. Unlike Jack's version of Jill, these people do come with their own sense of autonomy, although will always favor the flavors of those around them. For instance, Betty, a being created by Dream Realm, can choose whether or not she wants to have sex with Jack, although she most likely will say yes. Any individual who is either created by Dream Realm or imagined by someone else are marked with an arm tattoo of the Dream Realm symbol to differentiate between real people. Fake beings created, like Jill and Betty, have the same tattoo no matter what. It's the symbol of the Dream Realm, two stacked rectangles with a division between them and two division lines within the midsection of the rectangles which spill past the original perimeter. The middle two sections are filled in with black, while the outer two sections are left colorless and blank. A real human cannot have the Dream Realm tattoo on their body. There were limitations to Dream Realm. As mentioned earlier, for example, you could imagine a bicycle, but not a roller coaster within the realms of a main room. There were the modes, salt, sugar, regular, video game, reality, fantasy, but there were some limitations to note. There are no laws within the dream realm per se. You could kill someone, but since it's a dream, it doesn't really count as murder. Killing someone is kind of frowned upon to do outside of the video game modes, and thankfully, 99.9% .9 of people adhere to that standard. It is impossible to rape someone within the dream realm or to use the dream realm for pedophile experiences. This law encoding was one of the first true laws to come from Dream Realm. Let's say Jack wanted to rape the real individual Sharon. Jack would be unable to get it up or do more than just touch her otherwise. It's almost like the ability to have sex through rape is taken away from Jack. The same thing occurs with pedophilia. Since young children are nowhere to be found in the Dream Realm, you have to be 18 to join, you can't turn yourself into a child, and neither can you create a child. 
So this kind of gets rid of the problem altogether. But Jack can't even imagine up pictures of young children in any sexual light either. When it comes to fake beans, it's a little bit more complex. Since Jack has autonomy over the fake character Jill, she would give consent automatically since Jack wanted to have sex with her. However, Jack cannot create someone in stage rape or pedophile actions with said person. Although Jill still would be able to give consent because Jack is in charge of her being. To further complicate things, certain illegal situations were allowed to exist in the dream realm because it was on the basis that this was a dream and that it did not truly exist. One could start a drug cartel or break into a store. Granted, these things were not allowed to happen on the main locations. However, they weren't part of the system code. You were not allowed to enslave, bully, or incriminate yourself or others in real-life crimes. But once again, the code was half-effective and didn't account for a plethora of crime. There were benefits to Dream Realm. It helped those who had recurring nightmares or otherwise mental issues due to sleep and dreams. Dream Realm helped people sleep. It helped people's memories, practiced their social skills for the real world, and allowed them to feel as if they experienced things that they could not do in real life. For example, a gas station attendant might not be able to go around the world. But through the dream realm, he'd be able to technically travel all over the world. Rates of increased happiness and enjoyment were noted within the dream realm, even with the occasional case of an individual claiming the dream realm consumed their life. In Jordan's mind, dream realm was a fun game of sorts, and like anything, could be turned into an addiction. With a large sigh, Jordan turned her body on the mattress. She could feel her eyes finally prepared to not reopen. Like she had earlier, Jordan Furman was able to fall asleep without the guise of a dream mask, although even without the dream mask to guide her, she would still be experiencing some kind of dreams. Chapter 3 Hiram was asleep when she returned home from a long night in the office. A rather important trial was next week, and she'd been working with January Fisher to hurry and make sure all the T's were crossed. The two girls were handling this case together without an old white man making them do all the initial ground coverage before taking the credit in the trial. It was hopefully a sign that they soon could be handling major cases by themselves. The digital alarm blinked 11-12 with a stoic red font which was rather haunting than peaceful. She had missed her opportunity to make her wish at 11-11. With a quiet chuckle, she pulled out her dream mask and placed it on her head. She had barely spoken to Hiram in the last week between work and obligations, but that didn't seem to bother either of them. Maybe they were glad that there was excitement in their own lives, that it minimized the need to make excitement happen between the two of them. Without trying to theorize too much more, Jordan silently slipped into bed as the mask waited for her to sleep. And soon she was asleep and arriving in yesterday's within 2010 Dream Coast. Teenage Dream was playing over the speakers while a couple of her friends were already taking shots of vodka. One interesting fact about the dream realm was that you were able to eat and drink with the taste in your mouth. In real dreams, you were never able to gain the taste, but here in the dream realm, something within the code tricked your mind to truly taste the flavors. And that's why Jordan could always taste the amaretto cocktails, and she could even feel when they made her tipsy and later on drunk. Dream realm mimicked all the sensations, tipsy, drunk, tired, sick. I mean, if you wanted those, you didn't become sick unless you desired. And that's why people got addicted. In so many ways, the dreams felt real. Jordan hung out with her friends for a while, but they all woke up early, around 5 in the morning, due to their family obligations. With another two hours to kill, Jordan made her way to the bar to order another drink from Joshua. I'll take one more drink, Jordan explained. The bar a little cleared out now that it was reaching early morning in the real world. 
Joshua quickly whipped her up another one before Jordan could even take a sip. A man sat down beside her. Do you come here often? I do. It's probably my favorite bar in West Coast. Is it because it practically takes the decade theme and runs with it, or for uh, some other nostalgic value? My friends and I have been coming here for years. I mean, the drinks are good. I mean, you know, if it's not broken, then why fix it? <laughs> I can't argue with that logic. I come here a lot, too, except I'm more into the 1980s version of West Coast. Can't go wrong with the 80s. I mean, is that where you and your friends all hang out and such? Nah, they usually like to go to Cliffside. You know the bar that practically overlooks the cliffside on the west part of town. Oh, the place for fraternity boys and girls who love to define themselves with top-of-the-radio chart songs. Yes, my friends love those types of girls. Oh, now do you love those types of girls as well? Nah, I'd say I love the complete opposite. Well, I don't define myself with pop music, so maybe you're in luck? The man laughed and stuck out his hand. My name's Isaac. Jordan. Where are you from? Cardonia, California. Yourself? Nice. I'm up north in Portland. We're West Coast buddies. You're from Portland and you go to Cliffside. Wow, you sound like quite the catch. You handle sarcasm like a beautiful, exotic language. Oh, and I forgot to add flirt into that sentence. Well, it's easy for me to flirt with someone who makes it easy for me. Shit, I was actually trying to make it hard for you. Oh, well, I don't think it was working then. I feel more compelled than ever to flirt with you. What's your angle? And do you look like this in person? On the word this, Jordan swung her hand in a swivel around Isaac's body. My angle? Well, I guess it's just that I can't let a cute girl like you go without conversation. And yes, I look very similar to this, plus like five pounds. An extra five pounds on your frame? <gasps> I can't even imagine. I know, I'm a fat piece of shit. At least you can admit it. So, are you single? Why are we automatically jumping to that question? Jordan demanded to know with a half grin. We can't talk even if I happen to be dating five men or married to two? <laughs> dating five or married to two. I got a suspicious feeling about you. Good, because those who don't take the risk on me don't get the pleasure or reward. Pleasure and rewards are what I'm here for. Ooh, I do love myself a good old-fashioned 21st century fuckboy. Who said I'm a fuckboy? I'm just assuming. You know what they say about assuming, Jordan, right? Yeah, you either assume or you perish. Who the fuck said that? Isaac laughed. I did, and it's true. You know, you might be an ass for assuming, but sometimes if you don't assume, someone gets killed. Wow, well, give me a scenario where failing to assume results in death. Okay. You hear a neighbor scream and decide not to assume the worst and you don't call 911 and she ends up being murdered. Um, oh, you see a suspicious suitcase at a train station and assume it's probably nothing and then the bomb ends up killing 20 people. Um, oh, you see what appears to be a tense situation between a father and his daughter and then you do nothing because you assume it's natural. When reality is that the girl is a sex slavery victim who ends up getting killed down the line. Damn, you're really not kidding. I mean, I have a sense of humor, I promise. You appear to have both that light humor and that dark undertones. Kind of like a muffin. A muffin? The fuck? Sorry, I'm a little drunk and the thought of a light fluffy muffin with a dark hue on the bottom of it. That, yeah. 
That's the least sexiest flirt I've ever heard. Well, I'm going to have to make up for it. And how are you going to do that? Ten minutes later, I'm within room 302 at the West Coast Hotel. He was pinning her down upon the supple mattress as the silk sheets moved to the friction and speed of their bodies. She felt her body light up on fire. She was a witch to burn the stake and he the fuel. He kissed her neck, his lips leaving sizzling spit upon her pressure points. She moaned softly, her body already in hyperpleasure as he moved down to the section between her breasts. He grabbed each tit as if he was grabbing the reins to a horse, his spare fingers working each nipple before his mouth bit down upon her left side. The whole left side of Jordan's body seized up as if she was experiencing paralysis, but he moved on before he was past her stomach, her navel, her diaphragm, and on her... her... She had not felt like this since she had began dating Hiram years ago. He had once had this passion for every little thing they did, whether it be a date night or a sexual encounter. But even at his prime, Hiram could not compete to this, couldn't compare to this. Isaac's lips were upon her own in ways which she could not see Hiram ever doing. She grabbed and pulled lightly in Isaac's hair, her fingers brushing against his skull. For a sex dream, this felt as real as sex. He looked up like an animal who had received its fill of water from the watering hole before he moved up and positioned himself on top of her. She used her hands to clutch him accordingly as they finally moved on to sex. He guided himself all while staring at her with lust and enjoyment. Their bodies moved in accordance with the other. He noticed she was on the brink of coming herself, so he moved down, his dick slick and wet and his mouth soon upon her again. She cried, moaning as he returned the favor, her body in a fit of passion for 20 seconds until she had completed herself. She looked over at Isaac. That was great, she whispered. Uh, I'll see you soon. Jordan woke up in her bed covered with light sweat. Her vagina tingled slightly and she had awoken a few minutes prior to the clock alarm. Hiram was still asleep and was not to be woken for mere sex, so... Instead, she took herself to the shower to orgasm for real. Mm -hmm.